Well, hello and welcome to Growing Up with Papa. My name is Jason Ashley and I'm your host and Papa to about a dozen of the best kids in the world. We'll be tackling everything from bullfrogs to nursing home residents and talking about all the stuff that we've learned along the way. So if you're all grown up, then well, you know how important it is during the quiet long times in your life to be to be able to be happy with who you are and have a peace with decisions that you've made and you might know how tough it is to live with shame and scars because well you didn't have somebody to help point you in the right direction well it takes a lot of love and some heavy duty hands-on commitment to help point kids in the right direction and we hope you get on board and enjoy this wild ride we call growing up with Papa. I really hope all these adventures and shenanigans we're getting into are fun to follow, but I want to remind you that the reason that I'm doing this is to incite you and intrigue the side of you that wants to get involved in a child's life, to make that connection with them. That's what I'm trying to do with these boys and girls is to make a connection and to create a core memory and to teach life lessons. Yeah. But I want to be able to steer them in the right direction. Now I recorded this after uh, we'd done the interview with the boys about the duck hunt. If you notice Tristan made the comment, he's never killed a uh, duck with a band on it. And it's like his passion. He loves duck hunting, especially, but just any kind, any kind of hunting. So there comes a really special point that I caught some on audio that I'm going to insert in. And I want you just to listen to the excitement in his voice and think about for the rest of his life, he'll never forget this day. Hey, here we are right here, ladies and gentlemen, back in action with Big John and Tristan in the house. Tomorrow's what we're planning, and like I said, these episodes are delayed about two or three weeks, according to how many I can stack up. But what we're going to do tomorrow is the last, the only day of a youth duck hunt, which is a, a one-day deal open a weekend after our duck season closes. So youth 16 and under is back at it for one more day. And if you're not a youth, you just get to sit back and watch. So I don't even get to carry a gun or nothing. Tristan tried to load us up a, a, a good hunt and get it lined up. Where'd you Where'd you have us focused at there, Tristan? What you mean? Where we was going to try to go hunting. At the gravel pits. With old Pepe at first over at his break. Uh, at the same place, but just different holes. Yeah, same kind of area, but... Uh, Old Peyton Joy, he's got a spot over his daddy's hunting club, and Peyton's about, what is he, about 15? About 15, Yeah, 16. Peyton's about 15 years old. He's a guitar player machine at Christ Temple Pentecostal Church. But he's uh, his his family's on the hunting club he conjoins where we hunt over at the gravel pit, and they have a huge break, and it looks just beautiful. It's full of this tall... It looks like it's just loaded with ducks, and we've been in there a few times, and it's fun. Uh, we hadn't always seen a lot of ducks, but I know there's sometimes there's some in there. So we was trying to get hooked up with him, but I think he's following the big boys up to Bedford River, right? Or Tinsaw? That's right. Yeah. So, Down there in the Bill. 
So what we're going to do, we're going to go back to our old faithful roost hole in the morning. Big John and Tristan and me. Couldn't get Braylon in on it, huh? I don't know if he's going or not. We'll, we'll check with him. He has waiters now. Yeah, that's right. He's got waiters. Am I going to need waiters? You got some, don't you? Yes, sir. Might as well wear them. May as well. Uh, it'll keep you warm for one thing. And plus, we might stay after. Throw a few decoys out just in case because it's supposed to be cold in the morning. The mallards might fly. Yep, it's late in the season. That's usually when we get our ducks. It's later. We it might is. kill a three-man limit of mallards. I can't. You can't kill three. If, Bra- if Braylon comes. Oh, yeah, if Braylon comes. I mean, see, you can't kill my limit. And I'll be in jail right along. Y'all have to walk home. Oh, nah. You don't think? So, we're going to give them one more shot in the morning. Maybe we'll at least kill some meganders and some wood, woodies. Maybe a few teal, too. Oh, yeah, teal may be in there. Kill him again, uh, Brother Wells got one mounted in. I his would own. have one mounted, but you threw it out. No, I still got one in here. In the not that pretty one I killed this this year. They pretty mounted that hooded male McGanzer. The white rings around their neck. Yeah, Brother Wells got one. I think he started something. I was with him at the break, and uh, when he killed that one. No, it told it's Brother Sicily Bro- Island. No, it was no at uh, uh, Picket Island. Picket Island, yeah. Well, I don't know why I said they They're no good to eat, but they sure are beautiful. I think they eat little fish and stuff. They're kind of really like, not like a duck. minnows du- and crawfish. Yeah, yeah, they're not a duck. or uh, I don't even know if they're classified as a duck because they they're a fish eater. Their bill it has actually has little small teeth. They, you can't tell the difference when they're flying in here. When you're it looks in, just like a little teal, actually. Yeah. There is a, there's a separate limit from them than for ducks, right? I think so. Yeah, in the book they got them separated from ducks, so it must not it must not be a duck. Uh, Brother Wells has one in his office, I think. In his office, I thought it was in. It's at his house. Yeah, it may be at his house. Maybe it used it's to be at, at his office. house. He has a widget in his office. Yeah, that thing's pretty. He killed that at Picket Island, way back back uh, on the float floating blind in the uh, little break. Back in the day, I'm pretty sure there used to be a lot of ducks killed in there. That was fun. But tomorrow, we're going to make our own fun. We're going to get out here. and Tristan, he's 14 years old, and he's pretty good. What He's always had a good uh, knack for making animal sounds. Now, used to, with his mouth, he could make the sound of a, a wood duck better than a wood duck. I mean, he'd make a wood duck ashamed of itself. He says he can't do it no more because his voice is changing. I tried to get him to do it here a while back. He couldn't do I it. I tried in the truck and couldn't do it. He he does have some calls with him, and he's pretty good. You can go first. Oh, you want me to go first? That's, yeah. So, just give y'all a little uh, a little heads up. We got we got several calls here. We just I'm, want a, to, I'm actually gonna blow my double read first, then my single read. All right. Well, I got a I got just an old cheap Primos black uh, plastic duck call that to me it just fits me best i can blow it it's like you know what you're gonna get when you blow it 
and I kind of stick with it whenever I'm blowing. I have several. got some homemade calls from his Uncle Sam. Uh, Ain't that Dauber Bailey? Dauber yeah, Bailey I think that. Brother Dauber built this thing. I'm pretty sure Dauber yeah, Bailey Yeah, he sure did. did. We have some from uh, Sam Bennett, right? What kind of duck is that? That's a mallard. This is a mallard call. It's a pretty, I don't know what kind of wood it is. It's dark brown. But this is the old black deal, and this is a feed call. It's a it's a pretty common call people use that really can't do a, a highball call <laughs> like me too much. They're just uh, kind of like a duck feeding. So I just kind of do that with a flying around you don't want a lot of callers you got one person's gonna be calling the shots i don't know if that's where that saying come from but somebody's gonna be calling the shots they're gonna be doing telling you when to look when to shoot and he's gonna be doing the call me well Tristan tries to do it all the time sometimes we gotta we gotta pull on his coattail but it's hard to not not look right whenever them ducks are circling Not yeah. in the lake, though. You just have to suck it up and cover. Because they can see you easy out there. They, they're they the birds that just been shot at. Hit, what I, what I, you going to blow hit, first, Tristan? I hit my double reed. <laughs> and I'll hit my single reed now. He says he can tell the difference. I can't hardly tell the difference in when I'm hearing it. Me neither. That the, that single reads an echo call, and then this double read got gave to me. I don't know what kind it is. Yeah. So when you say echo call, that's that's that little uh, bit that you hear, like like it keep a little pick, bit. It, it gives a little bit of. I a, can make you ever call do that though. See, I, I'll try to do double read like that. It probably won't work as good, but it'll, it'll still do it. So it's kind of a tapered off uh, deal like a, at the end. Like kind of like a fading, fading. I got uh, something, and this is a neat story. I got it out of the garbage can. Uh, the girls, Tristan's mom, and I don't think Big John's mom was in on this, but I think Brooke, they was uh, they do a lot of cleaning on the side. Well, they had a pile of stuff that was just going in the garbage from a a big clean out that they was doing from a, a a move out and somebody was moving in and so they had to clean up all the stuff. So anyway, I I looked and there was a sealed package with a duck call in it. So I snatched it up for it's it. Actually, it's actually like a whistle. Yeah, it's of. more like a but like it's a Drake a, Mallard. Yeah. I looked and it was a duck commander uh, Mallard Drake whistle. Well, I said, man, look here. I didn't have one of those, so I snatched it up. Well, I got to looking, and it had been signed by old Phil Robertson himself, the duck commander. I said, man, that may be worth something one of these days. But it's just a, uh, if you ever been around ducks who are just feeding or like a tame mallard duck? It's, like, just, a, it's like a drake mallard, like whenever he's on the water, kind of cuffed up, he'll make that noise. Yeah, instead of a quack. But the mallard, the mallard's the only one who does this, right? 
the only is Drake Mallard. Yeah. That's the only one that does it. That's the, why I made the, the Drake. The yeah. him Mallard quack. Something like that. It's, it's just like that. But you kind of have to put that into it to get that that raspy whistle whistle sound. Just blow into it. It's I don't know, I guess it's just a whistle. You got any particular call that you like the best, Tristan? Which one's your favorite? My favorite would probably be the Green Echo call, but I'm fixing to blow this. It's a double reed duck commander that I got for Christmas. It's it's a pro series duck commander. I'll blow it real quick. a wood call like if you're in timber that's what i searched it up on youtube and that's what it said because it's not like a loud call it's like a crispy call kind of yeah well i can tell you i don't do a lot of research and looking but youtube has educated these boys in so many ways that i never had they can they learn all these calls they learn when and what and where's about everything. I actually searched up Duck Commander to figure out what that was. That call was actually for. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of stuff that they learn because that's what they like. Ain't you got a goose call there somewhere? I can't blow it really, but I can try. trying to learn on that can't get like the blow in it right yeah you have to have your hands a certain way to make it sound perfect yeah i think old says up there shooting them snow geese right now he is him and brother robin rascals so we're gonna hit them hard and heavy in the morning give it one more good shot maybe we'll get to wait around and pick up some feathers off the water i hope i kill a band Yeah, that would be nice. You're about to hear a clip that I came back and inserted the day after we made this recording, after Tristan made that comment, I wish I could kill a band. I recorded it with my cell phone fourth recorder in the boat after he had calmed down a little bit. So see if you can notice a little bit of excitement in his voice. That's your first banded duck in your life? Oh my god! He's... Oh my god! <laughs> you lucky dog. Oh my god! This baby! I gotta say it. Oh my god! Lucky dog! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I gotta call my mama. If I killed a band, I'd probably get the wood duck mounted with a band on it. Whoa, Boots, when you hear that sound, that means it's time for hair and a biscuit. That's right, just a little something you wasn't expecting that we're going to pull out and check out before we go any further. All right, get ready, Boots, here we go, hair and a biscuit. On today's hair and a biscuit story, I'm going to tell a story that I've been itching to tell for a long time, and i just kind of been holding back because, well, anyway, it won't be me that goes to jail if anybody goes to jail. So, hear me, let me tell you this. Our boys growing up, you know, it teaches so much for them to have a BB gun, a pellet gun to 
walk around in the yard and shoot varmints and uh you know even when, now there's certain birds that we hold them back on songbirds or something like that but uh you know it's really illegal it's a migratory game uh protection deal or migrant migratory bird protection act that it makes it illegal to kill uh migratory birds other than what's listed uh such as doves and things that have a season on them and it can come with a, a penalty or fine, but here, here's the deal. Boys are, are are learning marksmanship. I mean, it teaches you so much to be able to shoot with iron sights and small targets, and it teaches uh, techniques and, you know, what to do and how to do it. They'll grow out of it. So I never thought it was hurting anything. And besides, they don't belong to me. They belong to the parents. So anyway, so Tristan FaceTimes me one day. It's been several years back, so statute of limitations is out on it. So <laughs> he he FaceTimes me and says, Papa, I just killed a banded bird. And I thought to myself, what is he talking about? I didn't even know they banded birds. So he holds up <clears throat> over the phone this little blue bird with a pretty little band around his leg. And he had slipped up on a couple of them on the Highline wires at his house and popped one, rolled him off the Highline wires, and when he picked it up, it sure enough, it had a band on its leg. Well, I knew that you're really not supposed to be shooting birds, but so I, I, I still wanted to find out. You could call the number in or, or get online and type the number in and find out uh, the information about it, and I typed everything in, and the bird had been banded several years, like six or eight years ago, something like that, in uh, Wisconsin, like a thousand miles away, and I said, "Man, that is really crazy that that this bird come down here. And what's the odds? And how often does this happen?" Well, wasn't long that I got an email from the bander, uh, a lady who had banded thousands of birds in her lifetime, and had only heard back from this is the second one she'd ever seen reported i mean she was ecstatic and i'm sure she was a, a wonderful lady and done lots of stuff and helping gather information about wildlife and that was her deal she was a master bander and she she banded thousands of bluebirds in nesting boxes all over the country and i didn't want to tell her that my grandson down here flew down here to louisiana and these redneck boys is running around in the yard with pellet guns bb guns and just shooting birds and wound up with a, a her <laughs> her little bluebird. So she asked me questions about it, and I'd done my best to kind of talk around it without telling an untruth. So I told her where it come from, where it was at, and, and she, she never did find out, but she got all the information she wanted. She was really excited that we found the band, found this bird, that was banded, that she banded over a thousand miles away. But it was rolled out off of a highline wire by a little boy with a BB gun down here in Catahoula Parish, Louisiana. Well, that's my grandsons. Uh, so tell me your favorite hunt ever. I know you probably got your favorite hunt. What I do. When so one year it was at our camp 
we had a lot of, lot of, lot of, like thousands, maybe millions of ducks on the banks. And every time we'd go, we'd limit out on mallards and wood ducks. Sometimes pintails and shovelers. Yeah. That was back when it was like solid sheet of ice on the water. Tristan was, you wasn't very old. Four, six, or five or six. Five or six years old, probably. And I, I killed two wood ducks in one shot. That was my first ever uh, yeah. two wood ducks. That was your first ducks, actually? No, I, my first ducks was at John Steele Bailey's Pond. Oh, yeah. With that break over 410. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I had actually got out on the bank, left him in the boat blind, and two woodies just lit right and in front of him. And also, whenever he did that one time, too, a whole group of mallards flew in and lit right in the decoys, too. And we we was both on the banks, but luckily we had our guns. But that my old 20-gauge wouldn't kill nothing. It was a little. It just hit the mallards. It sure wouldn't kill them. And it's hard to kill them on the water. But anyway, just, and we wound up getting those two, two in one shot. I got it on video. And I got it. Uh, we got them both mounted, sitting together on a on a limb. Shoot him again! Shoot him again! Well, John's first one was over at the gravel pit, wasn't it? Yes, sir. With a four ten. Four ten. Four ten. And I was there too. Yeah, we was all together over at the gravel pit. That single Drake come in here. So. uh Tomorrow, what we probably going to do over at the gravel pit, we got a bunch of uh, coyotes over there uh, that we usually hear at night, and we want to do a little bit of predator control. So I bought this call from Mojo, and it is a called a, uh, I don't know, I forgot what you call it, but it's a furry ball with a button on top, and it's got a uh, it's a like arm a spinny up, uh, tail spinning around the tail that catches their attention and it does the the after two minutes of it spinning they'll do like a like a distressed rabbit yeah so a distressed rabbit is what you're hearing so that's the only thing you get out of it but it's got the motion the spinning motion it's and it's got the body. See it, they're gonna run after yeah it. it's got the the audio with it and so it's kind of all in one package only thing that just ain't perfect about it is this a little too quiet. Like, if them coyotes aren't around, they aren't going to hear it. Yeah, this has got a small speaker. But you can connect another one to it, I think. Or we can take our old handheld uh, that we have that we usually use, John. The one he likes to call him crows up with. It's got, a, it's got some distressed rabbits and stuff on it. We might just use it. It'd be louder. We plan on trying that out tomorrow, too. And that's a lot of fun. Those nest predators. The ones that raids the nest and kills our turkeys and eats the little fawns and stuff at, during the summertime. We've got to get rid of them suckers. I'd like to get them all out of here. We'll... That'd be fun. Instead of setting traps tomorrow at the growl pit, we can just go set up on one of them sand dunes on the edge of the woods, hit that thing, maybe we'll get them a Maybe so. In the middle of the day? Yeah, man, in the middle of the day. Them dudes eat all day. They, that, that's they, what they're after. They're trying to find food in the middle of the day because it's harder kind of at night because that's when the animals move. But uh, during the day, like whenever you're hunting, they'll all be like bedded up until like right at dark and all night they'll be moving instead of bedded up. Yep. You know when they're fixing to get up and get to hunting, I guess at night. like right. I at guess the, that's why like right in the evening times so whenever you hear all them coyotes, they're kind of yep. starting to group up. You hear them 
you hear them how it sounds like a dozen but it's usually just one or two together but it sounds like a lot of them well sometimes it is yeah sometimes it may be several but it sounds like a lot even if it's just one or two but they'll they'll just like right at dark they just go to yeah well my mama ashlyn and leo is hunting they actually seen two coyotes oh they didn't hear them i just saw they heard them but you remember they seen them back there Yep, I remember that. They was in that ground blind, all of them together, wasn't it? Yes, sir. How many was in the ground blind? Three. Three of them in the ground That's blind. That's probably the most. I bet you them coyotes were way more scared than they was because <laughs> I bet you them, after they heard them girls crying and stuff, them coyotes went the other way. Oh, yeah. The hunt was over, wasn't it? It was over when they seen them. <laughs> they had to get Papa Ricky to come get them, didn't they? Yes, sir. They wasn't even going to walk home. So. So we're going to try to get rid of it. So if we killed all the coyotes in the country around here. We'd probably have way more turkeys around our hunt club and little fawns and all that. But, you know, even a predator like that has a purpose in the ecosystem, in the cycle of life. They got a reason and a purpose. You couldn't. You need to save some. Now, we definitely want to cut back on them because we want to have more turkeys and more deer. If you killed them all, it might present a problem. What? Whoa, 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 hold on there a minute, Boots. When you hear that sound, that means we fixing to kick open the feed barrel and dig around a little bit. Because there's more in there than just horse feed. <laughs> I think I'll tackle the topic of coyotes in a horse feed episode. Now, this is something that I looked up to verify. I'd heard uh, preaching about it. But it's a really cool uh, phenomenon, a, a, a deal they call trophic cascade. What it is, and it, it's an ecological process. It starts at the top of a food chain where the big boys is at, and it tumbles all the way down to the bottom where the little guys are at. And if you take somebody off the top, then everything down, you would th- wouldn't think so. But it causes problems. So what what happened in Yellowstone National Park, for 70 years, there were no wolves. They were, like, pretty much just, just gone. They, they wiped them out, trapping, hunting. Uh, they weren't protected. So, you know, we know they kill various species of animals. But what was happening, they were actually giving life to many other animals. So because they'd been absent for 70 years, the number of deer – because there had been nothing to hunt them, had built up and built a, a huge population in Yellowstone Park. So the rangers and, and the people in charge seen this, and, and despite their efforts to control them, they managed to reduce so much of the vegetation in Yellowstone Park that there was almost nothing. They just pretty much grazed it away. So in 1995, they introduced wolves back in the Yellowstone National Park. So as soon as the wolves arrived, they started to have remarkable effects, according to these studies I'm looking at. Uh, They killed some of the deer, but that wasn't the major thing. The major thing, the radical change, was the behavior of the deer. So the deer started avoiding certain areas and parts of the park, the places where they could be trapped the easiest, and particularly the valleys and the gorges and those places immediately started to regenerate in some areas the height of the trees like double tripled quintupled in just six years 
Bear Valley sides became forests of aspen and willow and cottonwood. And as soon as all that happened, the birds moved back in. And they seen a number of songbirds and migratory birds increase. The number of beavers started to increase because, because beavers like to eat trees. That's what they feed on. And beavers, like wolves, are ecosystem engineers. They create niches for other species. And the dams they built in the rivers provided habitats for otters and muskrats and ducks and fish and reptiles and amphibians. And the wolves also killed the coyotes. And as a result of that, the number of rabbits and mice began to rise, which meant more hawks, more weasels, more foxes, more badgers. Ravens and bald eagles came down to feed on the carrion. And let me pause and talk about that word real quick, carrion. I had no idea what it even was for years. I'd never heard it. I had heard lots of times, boy, get off me. You smell like you've been wallowing in carn. So I thought carrion... Or I thought kyarn was, I knew what kyarn was, it was something dead. <laughs> but the proper way to say it, if you ain't in the south in Louisiana, it's carry-on. So that the wolves uh, left to carry-on, and the buzzards and the bears fed on it, and their population began to rise. Here's where it gets really interesting. The wolves changed the behavior of the elk and the deer. They began to meander less. They were... They, they didn't travel in as much area, so there was less erosion. And the channels of the, the river actually narrowed because there was not the stomping of the deer so much. More pools formed in the river, more ripple sections formed in the river, all which were great for wildlife habitats. So the rivers changed in response to the wolves. The rivers changed. So the reason was that the regenerating forests stabilized the banks so that they collapsed less often and the rivers became more fixed in their course. So by driving the deer out of some places and the vegetation recovered on the valley side, there was less soil erosion. So the vegetation stabilized that as well. So the wolves, even though they were small in number, transformed not just the ecosystem of the Yellowstone National Park, but also its physical geography. The wolves changed the river. Now, the Bible says in, uh, let's see this, in James, James said, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Count it joy, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You know, we need a few wolves in our lives. I wrote something years ago, and it started off like this. On a road without curves, you've nowhere to turn. If you think about that, if our road of life was always straight and smooth, and was never any hills or valleys or curves or potholes in the road, we might get to the point that we didn't need to turn to Jesus. He puts things in our pathway sometimes to cause us to turn to him. We need a few wolves in our life. We need a few coyotes on the hunting club. You need some wolves in your life. Everything can't be smooth sailing forever. The Lord knew what he was doing when he created your life, and he allowed the things to happen. All right, boys, you got anything else we need to add to this thing? No, sir. No, sir. All right, well, let's get out of this red hole rubber bandit. 
All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. All right, here we go. Them boys probably ain't gonna pull a trigger on nothing. Why they couldn't hit the side of a barn with a bass fiddle? No, is that how that goes? Couldn't hit a, a horse, I mean a cow, I mean a bull in the rear with a bass fiddle. That's what it was. And he couldn't hit the side of a barn, that's right, yeah. I don't know, that Tristan sounded pretty good in them duck calls. I don't know if he can shoot or not. That's John, boy, I know he can shoot that old John Daly. I mean, he ain't that no Charles Daly. Uh, shotgun he's got. All right, boots, come on. Let's get out of here before they shoot up. <laughs>